Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Welcome, everyone, to Passage to Profit, the show that's all about intellectual property, entrepreneurs, and how businesses survive and thrive in this incredible environment. Gearhart Law is a full-service intellectual property firm offering patents, trademarks, and copyrights. Richard is the founder. We're also doing litigation now. I work in marketing. I'm not an attorney. Richard is. And he's founded his law firm almost 15 years ago and made it through the 2008 crisis. Crisis. We're making it through the COVID crisis. We're survivors, yeah. <laughs> and we're happy to see that all of you are too. So today we want to talk a little bit about IP, but we're fascinated to hear about these companies, about the people. We have great stories on the show today. I can hardly wait. I want to talk about something that's really kind of cool and will have a legal effect on our audience. As I'm sure you know, copyrights protect original works of expression and they protect written words like novels and comic books and what have you. There's always been a challenge though with social media and protecting blog posts and being able to register them under copyright law. When you create a written work, you automatically get a copyright on it as a matter of law. But the problem has become registering copyrights on social media. And that's because each individual piece of social media, whether it's a blog post or Instagram post, is considered to be a individual work of art. And it's really just technically impossible to file copyright registrations for each kind of blog post. It's very expensive. And people who are in that sphere just don't have the time to copyright these things individually or the money. So there's been a new rule now. Social media influencers and other authors of online content can take advantage of a new group of copyright registration options for short online works like blog posts, social media posts, and web articles. And so what can happen is that the author of the work can register up to like 50 blog posts at one time as long as it's the original author. And so the advantage to registering a copyright is that if you are ever in a situation where you want to enforce that copyright, you want to stop somebody from copying the blog post, you get damages for each time they have made an infringement on that copyright. And those are called statutory damages which means the court can say, okay, $1,000 for each violation of the copyright. And so that's one reason to actually register the copyright. Statutory damages aren't available to unregistered copyrights. You can still enforce them, but you don't get the statutory damages period. So I want to ask you about unregistered copyrights. My understanding, I'm not an attorney, so I'm asking an attorney, (laughs) is that anytime you produce anything like this video we're producing today, or anything that you write down, you have an automatic copyright worldwide. Is that true? Yes, it arises automatically. There was a copyright convention back in the 90s where all the countries agreed that anything, once it is put into tangible form, is automatically a copyright. And so you don't actually have to do anything to have the copyright. It's automatic. So you can't collect any money for damages unless you register it, right? Well, you can. You can still sue somebody under a copyright. But the difference is with a registration, you get statutory damages, which is the judge will set an amount between $500 and $10,000 for each individual infringement. And you don't have to go through and prove damages, which is hard to do. If somebody is ripping off your blog post, how do you prove the damages? How do you show that you were damaged with that? And how do you attach a financial figure to it? The copyright rules for statutory damages just say you automatically get a certain amount of money without having to prove all of that. What does the word statutory mean in this case? It means that the damages are awarded by statute. By statute, which is law? (laughs) Which is by law, Which is by law. So it's written into the legal rules for copyrights. Okay, so then what if somebody in Russia or Egypt or France, or can you still get damages? Good luck. I mean, you can, but it's a long and complicated process. And unless it's like a really super duper big infringement, it's probably not worth the money to chase them. You know, not over a blog post, probably. 
But then the other question I had was if I copy just a little bit of somebody's blog post and I attribute it to them. So for instance, if Marcus wrote a post about the best way to make yourself feel good during COVID or something, because he's a motivational speaker. And I copied like two or three lines from that and put them in a post I was doing and put, you know, by Marcus Ogden in the link. And I didn't get his permission. So he doesn't even know I did that. Is that infringement? That's a good question. It's really in general, like short phrases that you make attributions to, you give credit to the author are not considered copyright infringement. It's in proportion to the size of the work. So if the work is one page long and you take half of it, then they might consider that copyright infringement, even if you give credit to the author. On the other hand, if you're taking a sentence out of Encyclopedia Britannica, then that's probably going to be considered fair use. So in general, short pieces, short quotes, as long as you attribute it to the author, you're going to be okay. And that's considered fair use under copyright law. There's the law, and then you have to also be practical about living life. But if you can get permission, that's usually the best thing to do. So now I want to talk about this patent that issued. This woman got a patent on this which I thought was very cool. It's a template for putting makeup on your eyes. And the reason I brought this up, because she got the patent issue, she got a utility patent on that, which is the highest level of protection you can get. She could have gone for a design patent. If she'd had the money, we probably would have advised her to do both, right? Potentially, yeah. Potentially. And then she did a continuation on her patent. So can you talk a little bit about why you would do a continuation once you had your patent issued? Sure. A continuation is really taking the text of the original patent and then just refiling it with different claims. So the claims of the patent determine the scope of protection. And that's the sort of legal fence around the technology that you're entitled to protect. And lots of times when patent applications are written, we put all sorts of stuff in there about different variations on the invention. A patent is all about protecting all the variations you can on a particular idea, protecting the concept. So if I were to file a patent on this microphone, I would try to cover different materials, different types of electronics, different types of cables. And the idea would be to cover as many variations on the microphone as I possibly could. And so lots of times when applications are written, there's a lot of information that's put into the um, into the application that is not necessarily in the first set of claims that are filed with the patent office. So you can file new claims claiming different kinds of information from the patent. And don't do this day. yourself, folks. <laughs> Get a patent attorney. But anyway, I was very impressed that somebody with a template for putting makeup on actually got a utility patent out of it. That was a really good job. It just really shows the range of the kinds of things that you can patent. We've had a guest, Rami, who's really a pretty famous cosmologist, and he filed a patent with uh, eyebrow stencils. And it was really pretty successful for him. So lots of different things can be protected. So without further ado, we're going to take a short break and then get to our really, really interesting guests. So we have a retired NFL football player. We have somebody that can save you taxes in retirement. We have some of the coolest watches I've seen in a while. And we have some incredible skincare products with a social conscience. And I can hardly wait to hear from all of these people. We're going to take a short break and stay tuned. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Everything you wanted to know about intellectual property, but we're afraid to ask. We also have with us Kenya Gibson, who is our iHeart Media Maven. We also like
like to talk about entrepreneurism. And we have a special guest this evening, an NFL football player, Marcus Ogden, who has an incredible story. And welcome to the show, Marcus. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm a former NFL athlete, played for almost six years in the National Football League. I retired in 2008, 2009. I struggled immensely with transition from the game. I had been gone for about you know, a month or so, and this wasn't easy. I got it hooked on alcohol, I got hooked on painkillers, I got hooked on nightlife, and I felt really sorry for myself for about six months. And finally, after feeling sorry for myself enough and putting the bottle down, I developed a construction company. It was called Caden Premier Enterprises. It became the largest African-American subcontracting company in the city of Baltimore and the state of Maryland for two years, and I had just turned 30 years of age. What I found was I was really good at being good to my people. We had a great culture. We allowed inclusion. We were very inventive, and we did a lot of things that people didn't around just networking, and we had a really good sweet spot in the Baltimore City area. But unfortunately, as the company grew, so did my ego. And eventually in 2012, one of my best team members left the organization. And like he predicted, six months later, I'm completely bankrupt. I'm broke. My home was foreclosed on. Both my cars were repossessed in the same day. I was a multimillionaire in April 2012. April 2013, I had $400 to my name. That's it. Moved to Raleigh. I was almost homeless. I had lost everything. I was working a job at Merrill Lynch in Durham, but it wasn't enough. And I ended up getting fired from that job after two months. Got a job to a construction company the next day. Got fired five days later. So fired two times in the same week. And all I could get was a custodian. In September 2013, I was a custodian making $8.25 an hour, working from 10 p.m. till 5 a.m. on the graveyard shift. I had a pivotal moment where somebody's trash and spoiled milk and rotten banana peels and a horrible protruding smell got over my body, my skin, my clothes, and I made the decision right there. I was gonna turn my life around, and I came home and figured out I want to become a speaker. I ended up writing down what I was really good at, and I went out and started a speaking career. Now, like you all talked about, everything worth something has to take a lot of time and build. And it took me two and a half years to get my first paid job, but I finally got it, and I haven't looked back since. I've worked for Axe Advisors, the Home Depot, the National Football League Player Engagement, to J.P. Morgan and Chase, to PNC Bank. I can go down the list. I've been very fortunate to author two books. I was very much listening to the copyright part you were speaking of. I really enjoyed that. It's interesting. I just actually copyrighted a brand part we're working on called the Extreme Ownership Playbook. I literally just got my paperwork from them probably about maybe three weeks ago. So I was very much in tune to what you were saying. I'm like, this is interesting because I just gone through this process not that long ago. But again, you know, I do keynote speaking, executive coaching. I'm an author. I do consulting. But I'm a person that's been at the top. I've been at the bottom. I've had millions of dollars. I have $400. I've made $8.25 an hour. And I've been the person that had to restart his life all over again. But again, as an entrepreneur, you're going to make mistakes along the way, have a great mindset, you can achieve anything you want in life. So Marcus, I got to ask you, didn't you have millions of dollars from your football career? I went to the business. When I had a job for a big client, downtown Baltimore, and I spent between two and a half and three million dollars of my own money within 90 days. It took me five and a half years to build my empire. It took me only 90 days to lose it. So I had my football money put away, but I used it to help finish up that extra work that was really, I thought was change order work. But then when I went to get paid back my money, the contractor, the developer denied my change order and I went bankrupt. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. What a learning experience. So leaving the NFL and going out on your own, so to speak, what was that like? You said that that was a big moment. It was very difficult because I've been playing football since I was 14 years old. So basically almost 15 years of my life was playing football, working out, when to get up, when to go to practice, structure, meetings, teammates, great friends, you know, the camaraderie. And when you're done, you're done. There's nobody around. The money was not really the big thing for me because I put money away, but I didn't have that structure. I didn't have my teammates. I didn't have my friends. I didn't have a way to kind of keep myself inspired to do things. So I lost that structure. I lost how to keep track of time. 
and I became an alcoholic because it was easy to drink and I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to do anything and I had no one to be responsible to. Wasn't married, no kids. So my depression was really magnified by the bottle. And eventually when I put it down and had my construction business, I was able to get some structure back in my life. But unfortunately, I should never got into construction because it wasn't my passion. Right. Right. So how did you quit drinking? Really what happened was I woke up one morning and I had a picture of my father that was on my bed or my nightstand next to my bed. And I looked at him and I said, Marcus, this has been now six months. You're not going to take yourself out because God's not going to let that happen to you. Continue to move forward. You're going to keep doing what you're going to do. But here's the thing. Is this the legacy that you want to be remembered by? Because my father passed away a couple years before that. And at his funeral, we have close to like almost 2,000 people who came to see him at his funeral because he was that much loved and respected. And I said, if I continue down this path, the legacy I'm going to leave is one of horrific, one of that's just not very professional, that's just somebody that always blames people and doesn't take any accountability, and you don't want that light. So really, between that and a little bit of therapy, I was able to put the bottle down and then start my construction company. So Marcus, a lot of entrepreneurs experience that same transition from being in a structured environment to an unstructured environment. What kind of advice would you have for them? So what I would tell everybody is the most important thing you have to do is you have to set a schedule and stick to it. For our business now, I use my calendar on my phone. So I'm always putting down who I'm talking to, what day. I'm filling up my calendar and I'm always setting a structure to know what's going on. Also on the weekends, what I do is I look at my upcoming week, make sure I know what's what's coming up, what day, what time. And I'm always prepping to be sure I'm ready to have everything I need to have for my business. And I tell a lot of my clients the same thing I do. I coach a lot of people one-on-one in group coaching. Your structure if your calendar is full, you know, from what time to what time you're talking to somebody, what a meeting is, and you execute that and you keep that in motion and going forward, your days will move forward quickly and it will be filled with good results. I think that's true because Richard always does a to-do list on Sunday night. And I think super important now, even with everybody working from home, I feel like if you don't have structure now, it's like working from home could really throw you off, especially not being around people and being used to that schedule. So incredible advice for sure. I had a question for you. So besides the changes you've already made about getting in a healthier space, if you had to do it all over again or go through everything, what advice would you have given to your former self? I would have told my former self, Kenya, to not be mesmerized by early success. That's exactly what happened to me with Caden. The company grew to a very large position. It became a $15 million a year business by my fourth year. And in my fifth year, we were doing very, very well. But unfortunately, as one of my trusted team members tried to give me some advice, I didn't listen. And as a result of not listening, I was so like, oh, we're successful. The banks behind us were rolling, da 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 da. And I'm like, I didn't hear anybody. I didn't listen to anyone. And as a result of that, I ended up becoming very mesmerized by my success. I became very ego driven and I stopped listening. And as soon as that happened, six months later, I'm bankrupt, broke, and almost homeless. Well, congratulations. Obviously, you have the heart of an NFL player, and you can never give up. (laughs) So now people can find you on your website, Marcus Ogden, M-A-R-Q-U-E-S-O-G-D-E-N.com. And can people book you for motivational speaking events? Yes, ma'am. They can book us for keynote speaking events. They can call about one-on-one coaching, group coaching. And they also can purchase our book, The Success Cycle, which talks about how I went from seven and a half years ago, bankrupt, broke, almost homeless, to where I am today as an entrepreneur. It talks about three major facets. Ambition, which is creating your blueprint or your roadmap for your life. Drive, being inspired over motivated. And then hard work, focusing on yourself and not the competition. Those are three main pillars everybody needs in life to be successful in their personal life, in the professional life as well. Just before we go, I know Michael is here and you have a relationship with Michael. Mike and I met on LinkedIn. Michael really specializes in financial awareness and structure and planning and really being a great company to give you that perspective from the outside to help you map out your future. One of the big things that I believe in in, our, in my business is ambition. That's the first part I talk about in our book, which is a blueprint. Well, that's where Michael and his team comes in. 
They are really good at creating your blueprint, but also being that trusted team member. So again, we met on LinkedIn several months ago. We have you know weekly calls and we kind of help each other out, network, and try to build our brands. But I really like the way Mike does business as a man who tries to help you see your future and help you plan out accordingly so you don't end up like I did, which is over-leveraged, over-extended, and I eventually it caught up to me and I became bankrupt. What do you think, Mike? What we're trying to do is talk to the players in the NFL as Marcus is dealing with the player engagement uh, his story we're trying to talk to them and like okay what are you doing to bridge the gap when you retire because life is good when you're an NFL football player right Marcus I mean life oh, is yeah. good, Life's good. Uh, it's when you come out of the league I mean we talked about that transition most are not prepared. We talked about what, 78% after what was it, three years, Marcus? That's correct. And what we're trying to do is what do you have to do today to make sure you're not in that 78%? Americans as a whole are not very educated when it comes to money. Think about college, everybody, law school, whatever. They don't teach you basic money management. I don't think anybody in school was ever taught save your money and then spend what's left over. I like to call it pay yourself first. That should really be taught in high school. Money management should be a senior class in high school. Excellent point. Life can be really stressful if you have financial problems. And usually it's just a matter of adjusting your behavior to spend what you earn and put away enough to plan for the future. But there's a lot of social pressures, but the equation isn't that difficult. Exactly. Thank you, Marcus and Michael and Kenya. We'll be right back after this commercial message. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So so if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A. A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. With Coach Kenya Gibson from iHeartRadio and our special guests, Marcus Ogden and also Michael Rosenberg. And Michael, you do a lot of tax coaching, which of course is of interest to everybody who pays taxes which would include most of us here, I think. <laughs> what tax tips can you give us in this current environment where all sorts of tax laws seem to be changing all the time? Well, that's a good point. One thing I can tell you is where the tax laws are today, they won't be next year or the year after or the year after that. One thing I do know for certainty, if I was going to ask you a question, Richard, and said, where do you think taxes are going in the future, up or down? The answer would be up. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we're spending, the country is spending a whole lot of money right now. And it's necessary given the crisis. There's a lot of people who need help, but that money should theoretically be paid back at some point. I think most people, uh, autopilot, checkbox, whatever you want to call it, put money away into qualified retirement plans. It's easy for one reason. It's very simple. And you get a tax deduction. So either people do it for simplicity or a tax deduction today. But when you really look at things, you know, you're going to look at taking that money, what, 10 years from now, 15, 20, 30 years from now. What's your tax rate going to be? You don't know. But if you take a look at our history of taxes in this country, people are startled. Either I'm old when I, when I say this stuff. But, you know, when I started a business, the highest tax rate was 50%. I could actually uh, remember a little bit of the 60s. They were 70%. 50s, they were as high as in the 90s. Kennedy actually cut taxes to 70% President Kennedy. So it's not a reach to say that when you start pulling that qualified money out of your retirement plan, you could be pulling it out and only being able to retain like 30 cents on the dollar. And 70 might be going Uncle Sam. 
And that's the government's big escape. They know that there's trillions and trillions of dollars in qualified retirement plans. And you think about it, they could just, you know, I always like to give this example. Richard Elizabeth, you have a house and you have a mortgage on the house. And what, what if I came to you and said, listen, you know what? Here's $400,000. I'll carry the paper on your mortgage. And in fact, you guys are such a nice couple. You have to pay me back for 10 years. So you're going to go 10 years, no mortgage payments. In 10 years, we'll start coming up with the payments. Would you take that deal? There's a catch in there somewhere. <laughs> the catch is, Richard, I'll set the terms in 10 years from now. Well, what I mean by that is I'm going to set that interest rate 10 years from now. Oh, you're going to set the interest rate 10 years? 10 years from now. Hmm. But you're not paying anything for the next 10 years. I would probably take that deal, but I would save money for the $400,000 and pay you 10 years at the day it was due. And by the way, there's no cap on how much I could charge you. So he's saying you may end up paying him $4 million. You, Yeah, you might. I might charge 32% interest. And that's analogous to the 401k. Exactly. You don't know what the interest rate's going to be. So what we do in our practice, in fact, one of my uh, colleagues, one of our members of our team, Jim Farmer out of Chicago, just had an article published in Forbes on a real-life case that we worked on where we got this couple in Florida who wanted to retire on $500,000. They became clients of ours about eight years ago. They wanted to retire on $500,000, and we were able to get them to pay 6% in taxes on that $500,000 of retirement income. Pretty good, I think. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> uh, I mean, the article, anybody's interested in seeing more, I'll be more than happy to send anybody the article. Diversified Investment Strategies, and it's Michael Rosenberg. You and I talked a little bit before, and you have a lot of different strategies that you don't have time to get into now, but anybody, especially anybody with assets and a lot of net worth should really talk to you about this tax strategy. And it's really easy to get so caught up in the day-to-day and put that kind of planning off. And then suddenly you wake up and you're 59-year-old radio host and you're like looking at what you've got and you're like... I'm, I'm, no, I'm nowhere near his age, by the way. Day, no, she's, <laughs> and you're like, what do I do? I think it's something we're trying to teach our kids to be money-wise so. Both their kids are, but they're using the 401ks that their companies offer that they're working at. Like, well, it's always good to do it up to the match. I always do recommend. So if the company's going to match 5%, then, you know, by all means, do 5%. Right. You should get it some freebie money. Your point is well taken. Nobody knows what the tax rates are going to be. Yeah. In this economy, with the kind of debt we're incurring, a whole picture could change by the time you're ready to retire. So really good, solid advice and uh, really appreciate it. You've got our listeners thinking about it. Thank you, Richard and Elizabeth. I appreciate you having me on the show also. You're listening to Passage to Profit, The Inventor Show on WOR 710 Radio, the voice of New York. If you're just tuning in, everything will be out on the podcast tomorrow and on the YouTube channel too. And wow, we had some incredible information so far and an incredible story from Marcus Ogden. So please go back and listen to the podcast if you've missed the first part. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, Contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our special guests today, we have Michael Rosenberg and Marcus Ogden. And if you missed their stories, you should go back and listen to the podcast when it comes out because this was really good stuff. But now I'm happy to introduce our media maven, Kenya Gibson, who has a special segment on this show called Cultivate. Cultivate is a little segment that I do that highlights contributors to the culture. So people who are innovating, who are trending in pop culture with the thing that they're doing from an entrepreneurial perspective or just cool stuff in general. 
And this week we're going to talk about Snoop Dogg. So not sure if you've been paying attention to social media, but Snoop Dogg has been trending all over the place with a lot of things that he's been doing. But recently he has ventured into the wine sector and he has partnered with a company called 19 Crimes Wine to do <laughs> his own Cali Red version of their wine. So the cool thing about this brand is 19 Crimes has been really, really strategic with their marketing and that they highlight criminals, right? So they have these criminals who are on each and every bottle. They select them based on whatever their story or their background is. A lot of them were more so rebels, right? So they were criminals and they broke the law, but they were trying to do it in a very productive way to help society. Their wines are amazing. Um, and it's funny because I, I didn't know anything that Snoop was doing with them. And I happened to walk into the wine store, I think it was last Thursday, and I saw his face sitting there on this bottle. I'm like, wow, how cool is this? Went on social media and it's been trending and going crazy all over the place. So it's a Cali Red, it's a blend, it has its face on the bottle, really, really cool branding, and it has a story in the app. So if you go to the app that's attached to the wine, it tells you the story behind the crime. So if you don't know about Snoop, he wasn't always the rapper and, and the entrepreneur that he is today. He has a really interesting background about his interaction with, he actually used to be a, a part of a gang, and he's kind of had this evolution into this entrepreneur and this contributor to the culture. So I wanted to just give him some recognition today. Um, you know, I love wine and I, I love a good red. So, you know, I just thought it was cool and I thought it was very innovative for him to kind of take on that next level of entrepreneurship and get into the wine game. That's great. I mean, I've I seen him on TV with Martha Stewart. I'm going to try. They had a cooking show. Oh, it was, it was really affordable. It was like, I think it was $12.99 a bottle, but it, and it's the, the quality of it is so good, right? So it's like, if you're on a budget, you know, and you want to support Snoop, the Cali Red is the way to go. But I thought it was just a brilliant marketing strategy on behalf of the wine company because they want to tap into the multicultural market and they use somebody who already has that connection. And it was just a very clever way to be able to tell a story and also create an opportunity. Hats off. He's a great entrepreneur, He's great entertainer. So Popular guy. That'll be interesting. So now I get to talk a little bit about Fireside. Marcus and Michael have both done videos with me for Fireside and your videos are pretty much done. And then I'll ask you to start your page on the website. Fireside is a video directory of small business. I want it to be the Wikipedia of small business on video. It's a website and a YouTube channel. And I'm just starting out. So the videos are free. Being on the site is free. The videos are over Zoom. I was when I first started doing them with a videographer and trying to get really good ones. Now I'm doing Zoom ones, which I'm assuming in a year, people will probably upgrade their videos to something better. Unless they like the Zoom ones. I mean, I I think they turned out pretty good, but the way I interview people is a little different and I have another person helping me interview now. So you really get a chance to really talk about your company and talk about yourself and really portray your message to potential clients. And part of the beauty of being on the site for people like Marcus and Michael is people see them, they like them, they call them. So that's already a qualified lead for them for their marketing. So they're not going to be dealing with people who don't like them. So the people who call them are much more likely to sign up. Yeah. And it's great too. I mean, getting like a video on your website can be kind of clunky. You know, you have to get your web developer to do it and you need to get them to post it. Fireside does all of that for you in one single place. So you can direct traffic to Fireside video directory. It just makes it very, very simple. And it's a great way for customers to get to know you before they call you. And the YouTube channel is important too, because Google owns YouTube and if you can get your YouTube channel to rate it, it'll come up in Google searches. And so I'm posting a new video every day, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. That's what YouTube likes. So there's a lot of little tricks I'm using to get the marketing so that people actually find these videos and come in. So try Fireside today. <laughs> it's fireside.directory uh, is the website and the YouTube channel is Fireside Directory. So anyway, please introduce our next presenter. All right. So we have uh, Thomas Peretta from Thomas Felice Watches, and I am a watch guy myself. I always want to know what time it is. And Thomas, welcome to the show. You've got a unique line of watches, things I've never seen before. Please tell us all about your company. 
Um, so yeah, my name is Thomas Peretta. I'm the founder and designer of Thomas Felice, or Felice, whatever you guys like. And in 2017, I had an idea, and the idea was to take the traditional timepiece and make it a little bit more unique than they already are. Watches should tell a story and should represent the person that's wearing them. And the way that I did that is I designed the hour and the minute hands of the watches. And at the moment, no other company or watch company is doing that. At the moment, the designs that I have currently are golf clubs. So I use the hour and the minute hands for tiny little golf clubs. I have hockey sticks. I have roses, arrows, umbrellas. So we have uh, hockey sticks, golf clubs, and roses. Do you want to see the yes. other ones? I'm actually in the middle of my launch. So the uh, I have a couple of older versions, but the ones that are coming out in the next week and two weeks are the Arrows. And I have one Museum of Modern Art inspired that should be out in the next week and a half. So I'm kind of on a rolling launch at the moment. This is so incredibly clever and really whimsical. And I have to get the sailing one for Richard because he can wear it on his boat, right? Right. That'll instantly make me a better sailor, don't you think? <laughs> it's proven, actually. <laughs> so how, how many of these have you sold? I actually was working full-time up until January of this year. So it was more of a side thing, but I'm up a little over 500 units. As I said, I quit in January, not knowing that COVID was right around the corner. So I have impeccable timing. <laughs> If you'll pardon the pun, yes. <laughs> I think things are starting to pick up a little bit more as I launch and, and come out with the new designs, but I'm a little over 500 units and hopefully growing. What did you do before you started? Were you in the watch business before you started this company? at all. I had a lot to learn. I was actually a producer in advertising for about nine and a half years. So I was creating custom content. I loved watches, but it was never a passion of mine. And then I kind of revisited what I wanted to do. And, and I know, you know, we talked about passion before and and I really fell in love with watches and the ins and the outs and how they're built and how they're made. And I kind of felt like there was a niche uh, within the industry that I kind of wanted to tackle. And so after five or six months of research, I jumped in. That's great. And if you haven't thought about it, design protection for those watch faces could be a strategic option for your company at some point when your budget allows. If you want to try to protect the concept of you know different types of hands, then it's an affordable way to get yourself some protection. I love watches. Watches. Is there an option for people to customize their own? Not yet, but it is something that I'm working towards. I've had a lot of requests for weddings, groomsmen, and things like that. And guys and girls want to really customize the hour and the minute hands for their party. So that one, you're not only getting a custom watch, but you know that no one else has that watch. I'm waiting for you to make one with a little cat paw on one end and maybe a tail on the other. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of things to work on after this show. I wanted to jump on how you came up with the name for your business. I love this question. So Felice actually means happy in Italian. And that's kind of the exact thing that I'm going for. I'm uh, a bit outgoing. I like to have fun. I like to laugh. And I think when you put one of my watches on, something inside should be telling you, be happy, wear the watch, and just have fun. That's kind of where I wanted to go with the company. And I, I think it all starts with the name. So it's Thomas Felice, and that's T-H-O-M-A-S-F-E-L-I-C-E dot com. Thank you very much, Thomas. We appreciate it. We encourage all of our listeners to go check out your website. You've got some beautiful watches and there's something there for everyone. We'll be right back with our final guest, Nicole Simpson, right after this message. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. 
Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Today's Passage to Profit, The Inventor Show, has been amazing so far. So if you missed any of it, it'll be on the podcast. It'll be on our YouTube channel. Now we have our final presenter who I'm really excited to hear from, Nicole Simpson. She has a skincare line, but she also gives back to the community in a really special way. So welcome, Nicole. Wow. So my name is Nicole Simpson, and I'm the founder of a skincare line called Amethyst Skincare. And um, it's so interesting just how we got here, you know, much like Marcus earlier in the show, he's, he's telling his story and I'm just resonating with so many of the things that he said. Like, I had corporate success at a very young age. So by the time I was 31, I was an AVP at L'Oreal and uh, traveling the world. I managed skincare um, education and business development in 37 countries around the world. And that was probably that pivotal moment in the creation of Amethyst because I would often travel to countries where you would see where the world was heading ahead of maybe what we see in our country today in terms of pollution and and just major countries where things are produced. For example, I'll never forget the time I was working in China and I was trying to sleep at night and I couldn't sleep because my body was just sweating so much because the pollution was so bad. There was nothing else for it to do just to try to detox. And I said, you know what? there's two problems here. One, and they're not mutually exclusive from the other. One is that as our environment continues to change with climate and just with the way that our world goes in terms of uh, just making things, lots and lots and lots of consumer products, the way that our skin ages is going to change. You know, we're more exposed to toxins in the air. We're more exposed to things in our water and the food that we eat. So the products that we put on our skin every day have to be able to adapt to that. So that's one thing, but also the beauty industry, we're major contributors to that. Every beauty product you see has components. You have a bottle, you've got a plastic label or some type of vinyl label, you've got uh, screw caps, droppers, that has to get produced. And that contributes to part of the problem. And so people would always ask me, hey, Nicole, are you going to start a skincare line? And I would laugh in their face and just say, you know, the world needs another skincare line. Like I need a hole in the head. You know, there's so many, (laughs) there's so many of them out there. But I said, if I'm ever going to do it, I want to do it with purpose and for a reason. And so things finally just clicked together. Um, I also resigned from my corporate job. And that was a really tough transition from going to having a staff and a team and people to help me into being the one woman show, building my own website, doing my own social media, branding, trademarking, copywriting, all of those things. And so there was... um, a few years of that transition where you're on those entrepreneurial highs and lows. And I I call it the roller coaster. You're always up and down and up and down. And through Amethyst, we've been able to find some of that consistency. And for the entrepreneurial journey, I think finding that consistency where you can show up every day and just be your best is very, very important. So one of the ways that we do that is that we reserve a percentage of our sales to give back and do certain things. So for example, for every five Amethyst products that are purchased, we pull one pound of plastic out of the ocean because we reserve funds and we um, actually will buy bracelets from a company called Four Ocean. They're based in Florida and that's what they do. I'm sure you've heard of them. Everybody loves them. That's one of the things that we do. We also have a lot of aggressive goals to become climate neutral in a couple of years. And also we work with TerraCycle. So for example, if you buy one of our products and you're not able to recycle it properly in your community, if you send it back to us, we'll make sure that it never goes to the landfill and that it gets recycled properly so that again, we're not contributing to the problem. So being a small brand, you know, the impact is small, but what we're using Amethyst for, and we do have business goals for this, so don't get me wrong, but the the bigger picture for Amethyst is a platform to lead the beauty industry in the direction of sustainability and to help shed light on the resources that every skincare brand and every beauty brand can access to help us collectively as a whole reduce the impacts that we have. So that is where we are today. And we're very excited to bring products to the market for that reason. Not because we need another face oil because there's 8,000 of them on the market today. But you know, when you work with our brand, you are contributing to something that is much bigger than where we stand today. Wonderful. How did you come up with the name? Amethyst, first and foremost, it's my birthstone, but it's also more, um, you know, it's a gemstone that sometimes gets associated with stress relief and it's known to be very calming and the color purple is very calming. And with the way that our lifestyle changes, you know, I just think we need more of that. 
to focus on. We have a lot of coaches today on this podcast, and I'm sure one of the mantras that you share with your clients and with your audience is that you have to be able to show up in your daily life for yourself and for your work and for your business. And we're constantly being stimulated and we're on the go. And so it's important to have something that recharges your battery and gives you that moment to yourself so that you can continue to give. You can't pour from an empty cup. So, you know, Amethyst has a lot to do with that. So have you approached any of the larger cosmetic companies with the concepts of the sustainability and the recycling? So we are approaching, we have a big network. So we have talked to a lot of the bigger skincare companies, but we're also working with a lot of the smaller ones. It's much easier for smaller business to make good choices at the beginning than it is for larger companies to pivot. You know, companies like Lauder L'Oreal, they have supply chains that range hundreds of thousands of units at a time. So to make one change could take three years because there are just so many moving parts that contribute to that change. And I don't want to say that they're not aware of things, you know, these are big companies and they have insights as well. So we do talk to representatives from those companies, but we also um, work with smaller indie brands too, because we have that perfect time right at the beginning to make good choices from the start. We are getting better at finding the right people to help us. We believe that people are everything. And, um, you know, if you've got great relationships with great people, it's good to rely on them and give them the resources they need and let them go do what they do best. So in terms of my time, my time is managing metrics and KPIs and making sure that everything that we outsource that is contributing to the growth of our business, those objectives are being hit. And I'm much more of a sane human today than I was a year ago because of that. Um, Nicole, so what are your plans now for the future with your product line and with your business? We actually do want to build to be acquired because what I would like to do is actually mentor and invest in startups at a certain point and so that's my exit strategy and it's not completely time bound you know everybody says oh five to seven years it could be a five to ten year timeline it depends on the growth we are positioning ourselves today to have good growth next year pending economic circumstances in our country but we are also looking at international scale so we do believe that acquisition is likely for us now whether that's a big cosmetics company or a venture capital firm we don't know but we're moving in that direction so business-wise, that's what we're building for and planning for. But socially, it's all about getting the word out. So you might be seeing a podcast coming soon. You might be seeing more live segments on YouTube and Instagram and things like this. That really, we're just trying to rally our voice and, and bring the industry with us. So mm-hmm. I believe community over competition. I also believe we go further when we're together. And that is our goal. So Nicole, I have one more question for you, though. Mm-hmm. One thing that we didn't touch on, and I love what you're doing with your company, and I love that you started it with this purpose and this passion in your heart. I mean, that is the way to succeed is when you have that behind you. But your skincare is special that makes people want to use it just for their skin. In short, all of our formulas are botanical. They are clean. We don't put anything in there um, that doesn't need to be there. We also focus on another part of our environmental um, initiatives. For example, this is a spray that we created. It's called, I don't know if you can see it, it's called the anti-pollution mist. This is again to protect your skin from environmental exposure, but also we don't use water in it. We use aloe vera juice to replace water as a resource. So you're going to use this because it's something that is sustainably created, as sustainably as we can, but then also is specifically created to help your skin age well and be healthy and radiant in the middle of these environmental changes. I can't even tell you, I'm sure you guys can think of a a person in your life right now who says, you know what, my God, like I just woke up one day and I just had these dark spots on my face or my skin's just drier or itchy and I don't know where it's coming from. (laughs) Yeah, it used to be, and I say this with all the love in my heart, but it used to be that like mom started aging at a certain place. What happened to mom at 45 is now happening to us at 25. And it's just this radical accumulation of, okay, I'm taking the train to work in the city and the air quality is terrible and it's affecting my skin. And, you know, I don't drink enough water at work because I'm always in meetings or I drink too much coffee because I'm so exhausted. You know, I've got to get through the day. And, you know, our lifestyle is just not conducive to having that kind of graceful transition for the majority of life today. So we're here to kind of help you at that young age with ingredients that are clean, nothing, like I said, that you don't need there. And that actually are clinically proven to take care of your skin from today through the duration of time that you use it. I'm always around. You guys can hit me on my Insta. If you've got more questions, I'd be happy to talk. Great. So what is your website? It's skinbyamethyst.com. It's definitely worth checking out. And I just love what you're doing. Thank you so much for that. And you are listening to WOR 710, the voice of New York with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt, Passage to Profit. We'll be right back. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your 
your ideas with Premier Patent, Trademark, and Copyright Services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearHeartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.GearheartLaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. Even during COVID quarantine, people are powering forward in amazing ways. Right. This week we touched on all sorts of different topics, everything from watches to skincare to motivation to taxes and to criminally endorsed wine, right? (laughs) We used to do these in the iHeart studio in Tribeca in Manhattan. And it was so much fun. And our producer was behind this window and he had all these mixing boards and he would adjust the sound and come in and tell us to do better. Well, now we're doing Zoom and the sound is not up to standards, but our producer is still taking it and doing what he can with it so that it can go on iHeartRadio during quarantine. His name is Noah Fleischman. We don't know what we would do without him. Thank you, Noah. Thank you, Noah. Noah, we miss you coming in the studio and yelling at us that we're not close enough to the microphone. I live for that. We have Gearheart Law, of course, which is Richard, G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. All of your patent, trademark, copyright, associated litigation needs under one roof. Right. We have Kenya Gibson, Kenya Gibson with a P at iHeartMedia.com. If you are looking for a very value added way to advertise, iHeart has a lot of reach. And Richard and I do advertising on iHeart besides this show. For our first guest, we had Marcus Ogden, M A R Q U E S O G D E N.com. He's got a fantastical wealth of knowledge, an amazing story. He was a pro football player. His thing is all around motivation and managing your money the right way and coming back from maybe a defeat of some sort. I mean, let's face it, we all go through our ups and downs. He motivates people to get back up on their feet after one of those downs. He's, he's just an amazing guy. We loved his story. And he's worked with Michael Rosenberg, who was here too. And his company is Diversified Investment Strategies. And it's diversifiedinv.com. He can really help you manage your money for the future. If you're a young person, you can start with him. If you're an old person, you can start with him. But he can help you figure out ways to maximize what you can do with your money without paying too much tax. I don't even know how to explain it because it gets really complicated really fast. You have to talk to someone like him. He's really good at it. Yeah, save money and grow your portfolio with Michael. And then we had Thomas Peretta, which is like these greatest watches. And it's Thomas Felice, because Felice means happy in Italian. So T-H-O-M-A-S-F-E-L-I-C-E.com. You have to go on his website and see his watches. And then Nicole Simpson was, I put here skincare, but that's not really it. She started a skincare company to make a big difference in the world. And I think she is making a difference in the world. So congrats, Nicole. But her skincare is great for you too, because as she points out, the air, the water, everything now is different than it was. And it's really affecting our skin and our bodies in a different way. And we need products to counteract that. Yeah. And setting a great example for anybody who makes a consumer product that there are ways to recycle and there are ways to give back and help keep our earth in good balance. Right. And her website is Skin by Amethyst. That's Skin by A-M-E-T-H-Y-S-T dot com. And go check it out. And I do want to get that anti-pollution spray that you have. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely send you one. Don't worry. Michael, do you have any final comments? I just want to thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. If I can help anybody in the audience, I think the most important thing that you can get out of this is save your money, save your income, and spend what's left over. So pay yourself first. And Marcus? I'll keep it real simple. You have to first believe it before you can see it. If you don't believe in yourself, 
you won't see the results and don't expect anybody else to. So believe it before you see it. Great advice about keeping a vision and knowing where you want to go. And Kenya, what did you think? Oh, I thought this was great. I mean, I loved your story, Marcus. I love anytime anyone's transparent to share their journey to help other people. So I thought that was super. Michael, I gave great advice. So I definitely plan to reach out to you. I need to do some better things with my money. You're the guy for that. Nicole, I love what you're doing with your skincare line. I'm really big in self-care. So I think what you're doing is very phenomenal and very key, especially as we transition through these times, right? And try to figure it out. And Thomas, I want one of your watches. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it for us. You've been listening to Passage to Profit. Don't forget to like us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and check out our YouTube channel as well. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt on WOR 710, the voice of New York. Thank you.